Social Strategy Podcast, episode 68. Welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, where it's all about making the most of your business with smart tips on what's working now in social media, online business, and good old-fashioned networking. And now your host, who's also known as Ross PR on Twitter, Vernon Ross. Hey everyone, this is Vernon Ross and welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, bringing you the best in online business, social media, and good old fashioned networking. And guys, today I've got another publishing guru in the house. You know, it's always interesting when I get a chance to talk to people that help people craft stories because it's, it's one thing to want to write, but as you guys know, I've had my writing breakdowns where it's just like I'm trying to write and then just can't get the story out. And our next guest, she she owns Paper Raven Books, and she actually helps writers develop a successful book in 90 days, which is a tall order. But once you guys hear what the process is and hear how she goes through it and how she works with the authors independently and directly, I think you guys are going to be really convinced that this, oh, wow, this is something that I can do and I can't actually get that book out and write that book because I know so many people are struggling. And Morgan's background is amazing. She's a writing coach and editor, and she spent her entire career in the field of writing and helping develop writers develop that story and bring it out. Eight years experience in her own business, doing her own thing, and it is a really honor to have her on the show. Morgan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Vernon. I am so excited to be here and talking to about talking to you about writing. Cool. So, you know, when we were kind of doing pre-interview, uh, there's always a story behind, oh, okay, so how did you get into blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and you've, you've been doing writing like your entire career. How did, how did that happen? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, I have, there's, it may seem really straightforward, but like any entrepreneur's journey, I mean, we have, you know, little winding paths here and there. So I'll give you the quick version that um, I was a pretty good student, pretty good at writing and research, got pulled over by college, pulled aside by college professors, and they said, oh, you're, you know, great at writing research. You should go on into academia. And I did a little bit in traditional publishing, working for a small publishing house, um, but went into a PhD program for sociology and, you know, had all the high hopes. I was fully funded, prestigious program. Let's go out and do some research that really changes the world. And not maybe a year or two into the program, I started to really lose my own motivation around my writing, which was, had never happened to me before. Oh, wow. But, um, I just couldn't quite get my traction. You know, I mean, everyone has that moment where they're like, I want to write something really powerful, but I just can't bring it up out of me. And it, it sounds like you've been having oh, that yeah. issue too, Vern. Um, but I, I had developed a habit of just working really late at night in, a, in the graduate student offices and a colleague came in and she just looked miserable. <laughs> I was like, okay, let's, let's, push pause on life for a minute. And I put on a fresh pot of coffee and we sat down at, uh, at one of the tables and just talked about her writing. And I started asking her questions, you know, why is this important for you? What do you think will happen in the world because of this research you're putting out? Where are you feeling blocked in your writing? Just these questions and slowly helping her unravel what was really happening in her writing. And I didn't know it at the time, but I was becoming a writing coach. And, um, she, after that point, just regained her momentum and just took off. She did amazing work and I won't take full credit because <laughs> she's brilliant, <laughs> but it really gave me, really gave me the inspiration to say, maybe I could help with writing from the other side. You know, um, I don't necessarily have to be the writer all the time. I found great passion in helping her. And so I kind of became go-to writer and, uh, editor and writing coach for the department. And then I was like, you know what? I don't have to stay in academia if I don't want to, <laughs> you know, there's, there's other options. And so started looking into being an entrepreneur, uh, left that program, taught sociology at the college level for a little while while I was freelancing and really getting my feet under me. And then the business has really just evolved kind of step by step. You know, I started out as a freelance editor working with book projects here and there, decided I loved working with books, took on more of those types of clients and projects. And then now I continue to coach one-on-one -on -one because it's what I love to do, but I also work with a team of editors. So I've handpicked editors for Paper Raven Books editing team, and we take on first uh, first drafts or rough drafts of, of 
books and we transform them, reshape them into finished publishable manuscripts that you are proud to sell to build your business and your platform. Well, that is awesome. You know, when I hear something like that, I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. So you run into entrepreneurs all the time. At least I know I do that. Oh, well, man, you just, all you got to do, sit down with your recorder, record out what you want, send that and get it transcribed, send it to the editor to find, you know, um, some grammatical mistakes and corrections like that. And then you've got your manuscript. I don't know that that's really all that true because the times that I've done that, I've pretty much gotten work that feels very uninspired. So how do you, how do you, I guess, combat the attitude of putting out just so-so work versus actually spending the time. And I mean, 90 days is a quick time, but just spending that amount of time to, you know, actually write something that's worthwhile. Yeah, no, that's a great question. So there are a couple, there are actually, I would say two ends of the spectrum when it comes to writing approaches. So one end is what you just described with, let's get it out quick and dirty. (laughs) You know, like I just want to be done with this book. Let's, you know, audio record some stuff, transcribe it, or I'll just pull from podcasts or videos I've already done. And we'll just, you know, put it together, put a binding on it, done. And they almost want to do it a little bit too quickly. Um, that's too, I, in my mind, a little bit too short sighted. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to really think of your book as a long-term asset because a book can be a vehicle for bringing in new clients, right? I mean, like perpetual lead generation, as well as making those connections to um, peers in your industry and other people that you want to network and connect with. So it can open up a whole host of like new doors and new opportunities for a long time. If you look at some of the people who've really built businesses off their books and, you know, there's like Dave Ramsey, Tony Robbins, like these people who were publishing their first books in like the nineties, I think Ramsey was in the nineties. Robbins was in the eighties or something. Right. They have, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's lasted for years. And so people still pick up those books and they still, you know, encounter Ramsey and Robbins for the first time in their books that were published decades ago. So a book is a long-term asset is kind of what I would say to the first group of people. So you really want to invest the time and energy to make it good. So, mm-hmm. But then <laughs> I can't really stop there because there's the other side of the spectrum where people say, oh my gosh, writing a book is going to take me five to 10 years and I'll just, you know, I'll never finish. It's not even worth trying because it's just going to take forever. Right. And to those people, I mean, and if any of your readers or, or whatever of our listeners out there are on that end of the spectrum, the encouragement that I would have for you is that you already have so much experience and knowledge and wisdom that you probably have not really tapped into. Maybe you have you you probably already have content. Also, you probably already have podcasts or blogs or, or even just conversations with people. They weren't recorded, but you had them, and they're in your brain, and it's part of the experience that you've built up. And so, don't discount all of those thoughts and moments and experiences that you've already had because they're in your brain. And if you have a systematized way to pull them out, put them into words and organize them, you can actually create a book much more quickly than you might think. Well, that's, that's very interesting because, you know, I think the, the, the approach, especially for podcasters is, well, I'll just record my podcast <laughs> and have it transcribed. And mm-hmm. I actually did that with, um, some short clips that I was pulling out from some, you know, like the most important things or the really poignant things that I would have a guest say. And I'm like, Oh wow, that's really good. And it'd be about a two or three minute spiel. So I'm like, okay, I've got a few of these. I'm going to send them to my VA and have them transcribed. And when I read it back, I'm like, this is horrible. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, okay, this is, this is good for audio, but it doesn't really translate to a book. And then I've read a couple of entrepreneurs books that I know that are podcasters and they're not that good. And I'm like, uh, Hey, it's great sort of, but from a book perspective, you know, would I pick it back up again? Would I refer to it? Would I write in it? You know, would I take notes from it? And I think that's where, where I run into the difficulty. And I think some, some writers or want to be writers or aspire to be writers 
also run into the problem is that you're trying to write something that you really want to be good that you would pick back up more than once. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the challenge comes in. So how do you help a person get past, you know, that point of being stuck? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And I love that you are interested in writing a truly high quality book. I think that's something that as, as writers and editors and just people in the book world, like that we need to maintain like that eye on the prize that yes, we, we don't want all books to become 10,000 word lead generation tools. Like we, (laughs) we want them, we want them to be good quality books that, um, that you're right, that people pick up again and again. So, so transcribing is not a bad way to get your initial thoughts, right? So kind of picking through content that you've already created mm-hmm. and and thinking about some of the most important moments or experiences or uh, pieces of advice that you have for your reader, you know, your future reader. So that is a good starting place. So I don't, don't feel like you have wasted time or effort or anything like that. Um, but then your, your question is essentially, well, what next? Because you're right. Transcribed audio does not sound like high quality writing. It just right. doesn't. <laughs> right. There's no two ways to cut that. You know, it's just, it, they're different. The way we talk is different than the way we write. And that's, that's fine. So what I would recommend that you do instead is start finding easy, low pressure ways to write out some of these ideas. So usually I recommend that people, um, practice what I call free writing mm-hmm. and you might feel like, you know, what free writing is, but this is actually a different type of free writing exercise that was popularized by Mark Levy. He wrote a book called accidental genius, and he uses this technique with business owners to help them generate really creative solutions to problems that they're encountering in their business. So he's a consultant, but he uses this tool that I picked up from one of his books and it works amazing for writing books. So the process is really simple. Um, you sit down, you use a timer, and I love using a timer. I use a timer every time I write. Um, usually I just use my iPhone, but you could use a kitchen timer or whatever. Right. For the first time, start easy. Start with five minutes. Sit down, set your timer, five minutes. Put your hands on the keyboard or pick up your pen, whatever, whichever method you write more quickly. And then set your mind on the topic that you want to write about very generally, right? So we're not ta- we're not talking about writing chapter one <laughs> or chapter two, right? Just very generally about your book, um, and write for that full five minutes. The key is that you're writing as fast as you physically can, and it gets really uncomfortable the first time you try it because you find yourself um, trying to think out what you're going to write before you write it. But that's exactly the mechanism we're trying to work around. So usually you sit down to write something and your brain will hold up kind of like a stop sign, like judgment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're about to write something and your brain says, oh, no, that's a terrible idea. Or no, that's a yeah, stupid yeah. Or, I, no. I already feel the anxiety setting in. <laughs> yeah. So your brain puts up that stop sign and is like, no, don't write that. What this free writing technique does is pushes you to write faster than you actually are thinking so that it's pulling out thoughts from almost like the recesses of your mind, your unconscious. And you may find yourself having to type words like, um, or the same word several times in a row until you can get your fingers around fast enough to, to keep writing. Uh, another technique I use, I, I ask myself questions. So if I reach the end of a thought and I don't know what to type next, I'll just say, why do I think that? Or is there another way to think about that? Or what else does that mean? And then that prompts me to answer the question. Oh, that's and, interesting. Even if you only do this, and and Vernon, I'm serious, try this for five minutes after we get off this interview. (laughs) I'm thinking about it. (laughs) But five minutes, and I bet you will have a new insight or idea that you did not have before about your topic. Oh, that's interesting. Scary, but interesting. (laughs) It is. It's really cool. And um, Mark Levy actually recommends that people practice this every day. I I'm not necessarily the type of person that can practice anything every day, (laughs) but I do try for a few times a week. And as I'm working with clients who are starting a new book project, or if I'm starting a new book project, what I recommend is um, five days in a row and start out with five and then increase to 10 or 15 
Um, most people max out at like 20 because mm. it's intense to sit there and type literally as fast as you can. But if you do this for a period of about five days in a row, what you see is the development of ideas, new ideas, new insights. That's what makes a book interesting and compelling, right? Because you've had conversations before you've had, um, you know, you've, you've done podcast interviews and written blog posts and done YouTube or Periscope videos. So you have content that you've already sort of, I don't want to say the content's wrote, but mm-hmm. it's, it's stuff that you're used to saying. It's stuff that comes off the tongue really easily because you've talked about it so much. And that is not necessarily bad content, but what you want to weave in are these new insights, these new ideas. So the free writing helps you pull out those new insights and new ideas. And that is the foundation for a really high quality book. What a wonderful technique and wonderfully scary. (laughs) It sounds like something that's really interesting. I actually am going to try that today as much as I'm regretting it. I'm just regretting the thought of doing that. I don't know why, but it causes me some anxiety to think about writing that way. And I know it's because of the hangups I already have about writing. (laughs) Well, how how long have you been working on your book? (laughs) Oh, God. Um, Let's see. The podcast is almost two years old. Yeah. So, so you you first thought about writing the book about two years ago when you started the podcast? Uh, yeah, yeah. And when did you actually start writing? Probably, I think about a month or so afterwards. Okay. And it changes. And mm-hmm. then uh, let's see. About was it maybe eight months ago? Just breakdown. Just I mean tears and everything. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I kid you not. It was it was bad. I actually talked to uh, another podcaster, friend of mine, who's a writer, and he's got several several books out that that are published. And I'm like, have you ever just had one of those mental breakdowns where your stuff from your childhood comes <laughs> up? And he yes. goes, Yes. Now you're a writer. Okay. Okay. I don't know. I mean. I'm not going to coach you here on the spot. No, but. go right in. <laughs> but it sounds, I mean, just, I'm just guessing this is kind of intuition. Um, it sounds like you might have more than one book in you that, that yeah. maybe they're fighting each other. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's exactly what I figured out. And I'll, I'll give a little background on um, why. And I think a lot of people go through this at some point in time, usually, you know, in grade school, when you're young, you, you get this thing that someone doubts you about what you can do. And you usually can push past it with anger and it's like, I'm going to prove them wrong. And you get to a point where you've pretty much proved that person wrong, except for when you try something that's totally out of your comfort zone, that's new and that you haven't really attempted in a good way before, like writing. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when I was a little kid, I was a gifted reader. I read everything. I was always in the library, always reading. And books were the way that I got out of where I grew up. And so it's just one of those things that it's so important to me that I don't want to put out crap because a book is something that you leave behind. And people, I don't think people quite get that. And I don't want to sound like I'm crapping on other podcasters or people that write their books by getting them transcribed. Because, I mean, that's how I'm going to get the stuff out because I I don't necessarily like to type. I love to write, you know, long form. But that might take me too long. And I'm I'm working on slowing down so I can do that. But I think a lot of people go through that where they want to put out something good and they get so stuck in between the, the space of wanting to put out something good and wanting to write and not write bad stuff. And then you've got all these thoughts and you end up starting two or three different types of books and you end up never getting anything done. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the, the background of that. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I, I think you have had some great insight first. I mean, yes, we have, intense self-doubt about whether or not we can actually write a book. And there's no getting over that until you actually write the book and just prove to yourself. I mean, you're not proving it to anyone else because no one else is watching you write the book. It's, it's all a battle within yourself. Um, I think that's really insightful. And then honestly, I would say give yourself permission to write a crappy first draft of one book. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like, you probably have, I always say, if you have one book in you, you have several books in you. Yeah. 
yours sound like they're trying to emerge at the same time, right, right, <laughs> just causing right. the current conflict. <laughs> so just pick one, you know, it doesn't matter which one you start with. And the, these, these are part of a long-term platform. They're all going to benefit your platform. Just, you just need one out to begin with. And once one is out, then you can work on the next one. So it, it's release yourself from that pressure of picking the quote unquote right book just pick one. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think you just nailed it right there. It's like, well, this isn't the right book to write right now. This is not what I do. Why would I write that? Who would want to read that? Well, I'm not sure if anybody would want to read that. Why, why should I write that? I don't know. Maybe I should. Well, why in the hell did he write that book? Because a friend of mine, he's a podcast. Well, he's actually not a podcaster, but he's a social media expert. He's known for social media. and He wrote a business parable. His first book, he was a guest on the show. He wrote a business parable. And I can't tell you how many people were like, why in the hell did he write a business parable? I wanted to read his social media book. What was the name of the book? Because I, I think this is the book that I was just talking about with a client that I really want to read. Do you remember? Ah, there we go. Yeah, Happy Work. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, by Chris Reimer. Yes, okay. I actually do want to read that book. Are you, are you familiar with it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I got I to gotta send you a copy. I have it. Oh, that would be awesome. Um Sorry, I, I totally got sidetracked. Oh, the right book. And I would bet if if you readers, listeners, I'm so used to saying readers because I'm right, but listeners. <laughs> <laughs> if you listening right now are thinking about writing a book and you're having like the same problem as Vernon, like, oh, which book do I write? Is it going to, some people are like, is it going to be fiction or is it going to be nonfiction? And it's like, at some point you can do a little bit of just basic analysis, like which book am I most excited about and which book is going to build toward my long-term goal, right? Right. But beyond that, just pick one Yeah. (laughs) and realize that it takes about, it takes about three months to write the book. It can take, I mean, depending on how slow you are, it can take another three months to really launch it in a good, solid way. And within six to nine months, you could be on to the next book. So the longer you procrastinate, the the more intensely you're going to feel this, you know, just pain at having to pick a book. Just pick one, yep. get it out there, yep. <laughs> and we'll have the next one later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I finally figured that out. Uh, we were on, on going on vacation to Hawaii, and I didn't bring my laptop on purpose. Almost killed me, I thought. But... Um, I think I only brought my iPad. Yeah, I had my iPad, no laptop, and this little, like, man bag that could fit the iPad, <laughs> my journal, because I, I do write in a journal, you know, quite a bit. So that helps. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, what am I going to do on this plane ride from, you know, California to Hawaii? This is, mm. I don't like sitting on planes that long. And so I ended up just writing in that thing and kind of went through those thoughts and was having a little crisis moment while the you know wife's sleep, and I'm like, oh okay, I, this is what that is. Mm. Okay, now it's now it's coming to me, and so I ended up writing the the entire vacation. That's Anytime awesome. I had time, I ended up writing, and I haven't gone back to it to look at it yet because I wanted to just kind of leave it there to see what I wrote later. So it did influence what I'm trying to work on right now. And I'm like, okay, I have to separate the thoughts and just whatever I'm writing when I sit down to write is what I'm writing. And if it's something different than what I started on, it doesn't make the other thing that I started on bad. Yeah. Well, if you like writing long form, just write long form and then have your VA, just ship your VA, your journal and have them type it up. Yeah. Yeah, which I kind of had to get around that too. And I, I think the the struggles that I have with writing are the same that a lot of writers have with when you're discovering, you know, what type of writer am I? And mm-hmm. I, I forget the author I was listening to, but he writes out all, oh, John C. Maxwell. He writes mm. out all his books. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea. I'm like, really? All those books he's got published and he writes them out long form and then sends them off. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. I guess if it's okay for him, it's okay for me. Yeah. It's totally fine. So yes, give yourself permission to pick the book and then write the first draft quick and easy. And what I would recommend for for you, so um, do that free writing and then um, create what I call a rough organization, which is just a list of all the ideas for that book. And it might take you, just do it in one brain dump session, like 45 minutes or something and just brain dump everything, all the topics, ideas, episodes, memories that you want to talk about, and then give it a break 
come back and rearrange them, start putting them, you know, grouping like with like and putting them under subheadings or chapter headings or whatever. And then once it feels mostly complete, like you look at it and you read through it and you don't really have anything else to add and you've taken out all the random tangents, (laughs) then you start writing the first draft. Start with chapter one, dive into the content. Don't worry about an introduction. Dive into the content and just write straight through that list. Don't look back. Keep writing. Oh, wow. That's that. Yeah, I like that. All right, guys. So this has been uh, my book coaching session. (laughs) (laughs) Totally had no plans on it going there, but that's kind of where it went. How funny. So one of the things you help writers get through is is the whole book launch strategy because it's amazing to write a book and to get it out and finally get it on paper and successfully get it written and edited and having something workable that you can go through and sell. But I, I know from talking to other authors, New York Times bestsellers, and folks like that that have had multiple books, you know, really successful, the ones that have been successful consistently tell me that they marketed their own book, that they didn't let the success of the book rest solely on the publisher or solely on their publicists if they didn't have one. They went out and they literally did all of the legwork and everything else that goes into launching a book. What's your, like, if you had to give three steps and and not your entire strategy, what's your, like, three-step strategy for someone that's got a book that they want to actually get out into the world? Yeah, that's a great question. And, um, I mean, you hit the nail right on the head that, like, you have to do your own marketing. And this was a dirty little secret of publishing and has been for years that even with, especially first time authors with a traditional publisher, you still had to do most of your own marketing because the publicist was putting out, you know, dozens of books at a time. And the publicist only has so many, so many hours in the day and they're going to devote their time to the bigger name authors. So first time authors have always had to market their own books. Only now we're talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) I did not know that. Yeah. I mean, you were always assigned a publicist, but if your publicist didn't return your phone calls, you had to figure out your marketing plan. (laughs) Um, obviously some were better than others, but a lot of first time authors have been and are still put in the position of more or less carrying out their own marketing plan. If I had to choose, um, I think especially with a first book, you really need to make sure that your foundations are set with the marketing. So, um, in my mind that there are three pieces that are absolutely essential for any author. That's a website, an email list, and a social media presence. Pick mm-hmm. two of the social media presence, not all of them. <laughs> but the email list is what is really going to carry you through it. I'm sure you have talked about this on the, on the podcast. So I won't belabor the point, but, um, specifically with books at the, if you're publishing on Amazon, um, the first 10% is visible, right? You can look inside or peek inside or whatever it is, and you can see the first 10 pages or so of the book. Mm-hmm. Offer a freebie. Offer a lead magnet in the first 10 pages of your book. Oh, One that converts really well is a free audiobook. So that's what's on mine right now, for instance. Um, and anyone who buys, actually... <laughs> It says anyone who buys the book gets a free audiobook. But of course, people click on the audiobook who haven't bought the book and they think, oh, ha, ha, I got a free audiobook. But I don't <laughs> care. I got a lead. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so just do, so put up a free something that people love and they will click and download that. They'll be on your email list. And then you have a little list of people who have either read your book or got the freebie. <laughs> that was <in> the beginning. <laughs> And liked the content, and seven days later, you can send an email that says, hey, hope you loved the book. Would you mind leaving me an Amazon review? Here's the link. Oh, my God. 30 days later, you can, if they did not click that link, so that's just something you have to figure out how to do in your own listserv, whatever. If they didn't click that link 30 days later, hey, hope you loved the book. If you did, just please leave me a quick Amazon review. Here's the link. That is probably the best way to build reviews on Amazon And the reviews from your first book are the foundation for all of your marketing as an author for the rest of your platform. Oh, wow. That is, I've never heard that. 
<laughs> Actually, <laughs> now I've never heard that. I've heard, oh, well, you know, leave a lead magnet in your book. Okay, well, that's good. That's good stuff. Most people don't talk about that, and I've seen it in a few books, not very many, but I've never heard anybody talk about the review thing, mm-hmm. follow-up in email. Because mm-hmm. I, I surely thought, oh, well, so you sell to your list. I'm like, okay, great information. Yeah, everybody knows it sells to their list, but you're not really selling to your list. You're asking them for a review. Mm-hmm. That is, that's powerful because even if it's a free book, the more reviews you get out there, the more people that are paying attention to what you're doing. Exactly. Exactly. And that is exactly how the publishing world has turned upside down. The traditional publishers, all they wanted was book sales because they had invested money in your book and they wanted a return on that investment. As a self-published author, especially as an entrepreneur, you want leads. You want people on your email list because you're not going to get 99 cents from everyone who buys your book. You're going to get coaching packages and group coaching packages and course subscribers and membership site subscribers that are worth way more than 99 cents. So the model's totally different than it used to be. Wow. Yeah, that, wow. <laughs> that is so good. When are you going to finish writing your book? <laughs> <laughs> Today? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to go somewhere. I'll do, uh, what's, the, what's the one guy? Um, the uh, Help a Reporter Out website. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just hop a plane to uh, Paris and write on the trip over. Yeah. And then write on the return trip. Don't even, don't even get out of the airport. Just book a long flight and write the entire time and then come back and you got a book. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, and not that I want to make you feel like you've wasted a lot of time, but I do want to instill a sense of urgency in you that like this could be a, a book can be a game changer for your business and platform. No, it's okay. It's okay. And I've seen that. <laughs> I've seen that in other people that I, I'm like, Oh wow. You published that book and now look at you. Okay. <laughs> so yeah yeah no it's that's amazing wow that's this amazing information i've actually never heard that before that's that's a new one so guys i don't think you're going to hear that on any other podcast to be honest i've never heard that in all the podcasts i've listened to and all the people i know they have books and talk about how to get reviews and you know send out 50 copies of your books and then pressure those people to do reviews this is a very organic way of people that have already showed interest in your work to get them to actually take action. Yeah. So, wow. That's, and that's the, thank you. I'm, I'm glad that that is helpful for you and for, for whoever's listening today, but that's the foundational piece. Once that is set, it's on autopilot, right? So when whatever other marketing you do, that piece is set and will always return reviews for you. And then after that is all ready to go, I am totally on board with, the other strategies you you just mentioned that other people have probably said here, but you know, if you're going to ask friends and family and colleagues to review your book, um, definitely do that. That's a great strategy. And if you're going to ask them to promote it on social media, give them a Facebook image to post, you know, give them a tweet to copy and paste, yeah. make it as easy on your launch team as possible. And that's what we call this group of people is a launch team, um, is a group of, you know, maybe five people, maybe 50 people, Pat Flynn just coordinated 500 people <laughs> for his launch team of his new book. Right. So, but it can be any size you want. Those people are powerful, powerful um, ambassadors for your book. And find them, befriend them, nurture those relationships. And everyone that they bring into buying your book will then get on, not everyone, but you know, a percentage will get on right. your new email list and they'll leave your review. And then they will be the seeds of your next launch team. Yeah, well, those are, that is some powerful advice, and and get this, folks. She was only on step two. We didn't even <laughs> we didn't even touch the social media part. So, I would drop the mic and tell her to walk away, but we still got stuff to do. <laughs> so, on social media, you've been killing it on a Periscope, and I like what you're doing with the videos. You're um you're uploading them to YouTube and you're branding them, so it's not that ugly little you know um, straight up and down Periscope video. You've got some interesting stuff that you're doing on your YouTube channel, which of course is going to be linked up in the show notes. How how did you come to the idea that you should offer like I guess some impromptu or planned actual book coaching via Periscope? <laughs> 
you know, this is all an experiment, right? We're entrepreneurs. We just, we try different things and we kind of see what sticks and see what works. And, um, Periscope, someone I was on, I was just hanging out at Starbucks with another entrepreneur. And she was like, have you seen this new app? And it was probably in like August or something. And it was Periscope. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen because YouTube was super intimidating Mm -hmm. because you had to prepare a script and get all the lighting correct. And just, it felt overwhelming to me. And so I never did YouTube. That's not true. I did a couple, but they were kind of, you know, so, so they weren't, they weren't the quality that I wanted, but Periscope is awesome because it completely takes off that pressure. It's casual. It's impromptu. You're having conversations with people. Um, you know, I do have a little bit of a lighting setup and a little bit of a background and kind of keep it minimal. Um, but I just jump on Periscope. I have one topic that I usually want to cover and people just bounce ideas off me. And sometimes I do dive into like coaching on the spot, (laughs) which is kind of fun. Well, that would never happen with you, right? Never. (laughs) Um, And keep it to like 15 minutes so that it doesn't interrupt my day too much. And I just give snippets of advice and motivation. And if you're having this problem, try this. And, and then I honestly, for the design and the uploading, I don't actually do that. I outsource that. Um, but I just bought a, I bought a template, you know, that was designed for my brand colors. Mm-hmm. And then I gave it to my, you know, my overseas VA. And I said, here's the template and here's the video. And if you could put this all together and up on YouTube, that would be great. So um, I think we're our current schedule is that I publish the Monday and Wednesday Periscopes onto YouTube, mm-hmm. um, even if I'm on Periscope more often. So there are lots of different ways you can play with, you know, starting a new social media and like seeing how you can add it to your platform. I'm always interested in the long-term benefits. So for me, putting them on YouTube is fantastic because um, it has it gains viewers, gains a viewership over time. Yeah, it does. And I, you know what I like about what you've been doing is that it's um, you've got a lot of them out there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you got. Got a ton of them out there. We were doing five days a week, and I I said earlier, I'm not the type of person that can do something every single day. I may not be the type of person that can do something five days a week either. It was just (laughs) a little bit too much. I was like, let's just take the pressure off a couple times a week. That's good. (laughs) Right, right. Now, what what's your what's your username on Periscope? At Morgan G Mac. So you guys, uh, that's going to be linked up in the show notes. But um, I just wanted to make sure that you have it. If you're listening, you're on your device, just go out to it. And it's at Morgan G. Mac. So, I mean, it's really easy to find. But, yeah, That's I mean, my it's, Twitter handle, too, if anyone wants to connect on Twitter. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, this, this, is, this is good. You've got a lot <laughs> of stuff out there. And not, you know, what's, what's funny about Periscope and what I like about Periscope is you've got, I don't know, 72,000 hearts, which is pretty good. Thanks, thanks. Not that many followers, but I bet you get a lot of views on your on your broadcast. I do. I do. I have I mean, I haven't even been on YouTube for more than a really a couple months. Uh mm-hmm. well, maybe 3 months and I've got like several thousand views. I don't even know where these people come from, but then they email me and they're like, "Oh, I saw your Periscope on YouTube." <laughs> right. And then they want to be in a conversation with me about how I can help them. So it's always just like this little like net of social media see who you can grab from random places. Yeah, I'm gonna. I, I may put a screen cap of your uh, your YouTube page. I think you've got 59 periscopes out here. That's kind of a lot. It's <laughs> a lot, and it's it's good because it's all very branded. And th- this is what I like about what you're doing. And guys, if you if you you're looking for someone that can help you through the process, you have to you look at their entire you know I guess scope of work. And what I see here is a very branded approach, but it's not stiff because I've watched a couple of them to actually putting out something that is cohesive with your brand. Every last one of these looks great. And it's just a Periscope video. Like she said, she outsourced the whole, you know, put this in this template and, and, you know, have at it. But I mean, this is, it's really good. Thank you. Thank you. I, it's been really fun. And honestly, this is the future for, for authors and for entrepreneurs, but especially people who are um, wanting to use books to build like an author platform. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're right in that um, looking like you are the same person across all platforms is kind of important, which is why I usually would recommend that you only stick 
start with like two social media platforms, yeah. really make sure that you're comfort, comfortable and confident on those two. And then you can branch out more, but make sure that your, you know, your picture looks good. And the, you know, the way that you um, present either your work as an author or your business is kind of the same across the platforms, use similar names. My handle everywhere that I can is at Morgan G Mac so that people can find me pretty easily. But honestly, being an author and is, has a lot of the same strategies that being an entrepreneur is. And so social media and email lists and websites are just as important for authors. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, I mean, this has been enlightening. I, um, like I said, I really like the, the consistent branding, just being in social media and you see so often that someone's YouTube channel doesn't look like they're anything mm-hmm. else and their Twitter is just, it's just the basic Twitter and stuff like that. More people are branding Twitter now, but I like your use of Periscope and the fact that you're using it to build a YouTube channel, which you were scared to get on. And I'm not really sure why, because it's like <laughs> got 59 or so videos out here, probably more. And they're all, they all look like they're really good because they're consistent. And so it, the consistency of YouTube and I've talked to other YouTubers about what they do and there's a certain cadence to YouTube. And part of it is just consistently publishing. So people know what to expect. So, you know, the two days a week that you're every week going out there doing your periscopes and then making sure they get uploaded to YouTube, that's consistent with someone that wants to follow your brand and she's lead building. Mm-hmm. And that's the, you know, that's the important part because people are going to watch it for 24 hours on Periscope anyway. So you're going to get those views. She's, you know, getting the hearts and the interaction. And that tells you, you know, 72,000 hearts. That's all organic. That's not those, oh, we're going to have a heart party and go around and listen. Oh, to gosh. Other, you you, you know, those. I'm not on that bandwagon. <laughs> right, right. Now, when you see this number and the number of videos, you know that that's authentic that she's gone out there and people have actually interacted with the content. So no, that's, that's very valuable. Have you, uh, have you jumped on blab yet? Um, yeah, I've hosted two blabs and I've been a guest on a couple. It's fun. It's a little bit nerve wracking because you never know who's going to like jump on, Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but it's cool. So it's in, in case any of you listeners haven't been on blab yet, blab.im, but it's, um, up to four people video, uh, talking at the same time. So it shows audio and video in four different little screens, um, all the same in the same interface. And there's a chat on the side. So essentially you can have like four people talking to each other about one topic and people chatting in the room. Um, but it's been really cool. People are now podcasting. You've mm-hmm. probably seen this, but oh, like yeah. they are recording, they get a guest on their blab and they'll record it and repurpose it as a podcast. Um, I, I'm thinking about using blab for like, free writing coaching, just like sessions, like pop, pop on and I'll coach you in your writing for 10 minutes or something. So that could be a cool way to use it too. Yeah. I, um, a good friend of mine and, um, a fellow podcast, well, he's, he's sort of a podcaster. He's actually launching a a new podcast, but he's a video guy, programmer, a guy named Honey Moore. He was a past guest. He uh, created a plugin for Blab called simple live press. And it actually pulls the Blab out from Blab, it goes out and gets it from your user ID and builds an automatic WordPress post for you with your content. And then all you have to do is go in and add the additional content or just hit publish and you can publish your Blabs right to your website. That is awesome. If you could do that for Periscope, that would be awesome as well. <laughs> there, there is a plugin uh, for Periscope. It's called WP Scope and it will go through and pull all your, um, your past Periscopes. That is so cool. Thank I'm not you. sure what it looks like though, so I'll have to uh, I have to mess around and see what it actually looks like if it's if it's worth messing around with. I'll let you know. Okay. Oh, the entrepreneur <laughs> rabbit hole trap. It's like ooh, and right. plug in. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but it sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, it's just stuff to distract me from writing. <laughs> <laughs> and we come full circle. <laughs> right, right, right. But yeah, one more thing I wanted to say about what you're doing with with Periscope that I like is when you guys when you go out to the Paper Raven Books website and you look at the link that says scope, what you'll notice is it's not just the link to, you know, what what she's doing out there. It's that and notes and a transcript. Mm-hmm. which I've not seen anybody do. And you're using Evernote for the notes. Mm-hmm. And that's just pretty cool. I've not seen too many people do, you know, that where they're getting their 
transcribing the Periscope because it's valuable content. You're also providing a note in Evernote with links. And I mean, it's broken down into different things that you can do and actions that you can take. It's a whole lot of value for tuning into a, basically a free broadcast. Thank you. Well, I will say the the scope notes, as I called them, got a little. Um, <laughs> there was a little bit too much work involved. Right, yeah, yeah. I saw. I see <laughs> that they're on some return on right. investment there. So you know, we right. experiment, we try different things. So I think the first half or so have yeah, scope notes, and do. I'm play, I'm toying with bringing them back since now I'm only twice a week. But when I was doing five scopes a week and doing notes, um, it was just a lot of lot of prep, and okay. so. Uh, We'll see if we'll see if the scope notes make a re resurgence. Yeah, I can I can only imagine. Yeah, I, I, would, I had only gotten up to October, so the the scope notes stop after October. But go through and look at them, and I mean, because there's some valuable stuff in your scope notes, and I like the fact that you're using a really good online tool like Evernote, or mm-hmm. actually you're using Evernote, and this is another way to do it because I always struggle with okay, I I could use Evernote or I could just write it down. Mm-hmm. Why would I use Evernote? And this is a good reason to use Evernote. So if you're one of those people like me that struggle with, oh, there's a really cool online app, but I can't figure out a good way to utilize it. This is one of the ways to utilize it. And it's a really good example. And your scope notes are better than some people's show notes and blog posts. So, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's why I'm so happy about it. I'm like, oh, my God, this is like really good information. I got to up my game on my show notes. I feel bad now. <laughs> inspiration for you right right well morgan this has been amazingly fun and and entertaining and educational from you know the entire perspective of getting some impromptu writing coaching that i (laughs) desperately needed and i'm I'm sure everyone is going to benefit from because i i've here heard these struggles i've heard them from other people and i hear them in my head all the time so i know that if i'm hearing them other people are hearing my crazy thoughts too so Thank you for that and providing such value with the, the launch strategies, the three-step strategy. Guys, you definitely have to listen to that. Of course, you guys know I'm going to timestamp. My VA is wonderful. She timestamps everything in there. I'm going to put a note in there. It's like, hey, timestamp this when you're going through giving me my preliminary show notes so I can uh, make sure people tune into this one part. If you don't listen to any other part of the podcast, which would be criminal to not, but <laughs> If you don't listen to any other part, definitely listen to that where Morgan breaks down a launch strategy that's different than anything else you've ever heard. And I've listened to a lot of people talk about books and writing and promoting their books and talk to a lot of folks. And I've genuinely never heard anybody focus on getting reviews in a way that's as organic as you did. Of course, all the other stuff works, but that one, that was really valuable. And I really do appreciate you bringing the value like that. Thank you. Sure. Glad, glad to, and glad to help you hopefully push through your book block. Maybe yeah. I'm, I'm going to go and, and do some writing and I'm going to time it and I'll let you know what happens. Awesome. Yeah. That's, that's my challenger to challenge to anyone listening to five minutes yes. free writing. Give it a shot. I think you'll love it. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Morgan, that was an amazing way to end it on. Where can everyone find you online? Uh, paperravenbooks.com and I actually have a free gift for your audience if you want to write a book and you aren't sure where to start um, I have actually broken down the entire process that I take my one-on-one coaching clients through everything from free writing and the rough organization that I described all the way through like the first draft and organizing it, restructuring it, revisions, getting an editor, the whole process overview is in this 10-page quick start PDF guide. It's called um, 12 Steps to Write a Book that Boosts Your Business and Builds Your Platform. So you can grab that at paperravenbooks.com slash Vernon. Oh, well, awesome. Thank you for that. That was a surprise, guys. I didn't even know. (laughs) (laughs) Sure thing. Well, cool. I'll definitely make sure people go out, get that. I'm going to be pushing that link out probably before this interview even goes live. So people can go out and try to take advantage of this. Take advantage of it. I'm going to go get it myself, go through it. And guys, this this is really one of those interviews that gives you like really, really concrete stuff that you can take and go apply and use and then call Morgan and hire her to actually get you through the process. <laughs> Thank you, Vernon. This has been a really fun interview from my end, too. Well, hey, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thanks a lot. 
All right, guys, that was an amazing interview. I had so much fun speaking with Morgan. And, you know, it's funny when you're going through the process of writing and doing anything creative, sometimes you run into those blocks. And she helped me address quite a few of those. I've done the writing technique that she talked about. Uh, it's called Pomodoro, something like that. I can't actually pronounce it correctly, I don't think. But um, it's an interesting thing to do. Just, you know, set a timer down and just start writing. That's helped me a little bit. Uh, I need to do more of it because I've only done it a few times since the last time we talked. But something that I did do is I've hired Morgan as my book coach. So now Morgan is going to be helping me complete my work and get this book out within the next 90 days. So you guys should be looking forward to having my first real book completed and out this year, first part of 2016, in about 90 days. So definitely follow the podcast. If you follow me on Facebook, you'll also see um, posts on Facebook about me and the writing process and how I'm coming along. You can sign up to pre-order the book. I know I talked about putting something out last year. That just did not happen, especially not the way that I wanted it to. So this is the actual real book project. I'm going to get this thing out in 90 days and uh, hopefully you guys will follow me on this journey and support it by pre-ordering. I don't know that I'm going to do a Kickstarter, but I know that I will have a pre-order up once this podcast goes live. A few days after that, I'm probably going to go ahead and start that pre-order. But, you know, I don't have book art yet, and I'm actually working with a title. So, I'm, you know, it's it's really in its infancy. The only thing I have as an advantage is I have already started writing. So, we just need to pick the concept that I'm going to use and then go forward with that. So, I'm really looking forward to this, and this is going to be a fun journey for us to go on together. So definitely, guys, make sure you follow me on Snapchat. I've been pushing Snapchat really hard. That is big right now in social, and trust me, it is something that you should do. I haven't jumped on Peach yet, and we may talk about that in the next show. I'm not really sure. I may throw one out there in between to get that out. Hopefully, you guys uh, also had a chance to attend uh, Matthew Turner, a previous guest, Turn Dog Millionaire, to go and check out his workshop. It was really good. You guys need to check it out. He gave four really actionable tips. If you go out to turndog.co slash Ross, you can um, sign up for the webinar and I believe get the replay for at least the next few days. So definitely check that out. And again, guys, keep emailing me, Vernon at VernonRoss.com. You can find me on Twitter at RossPR. Make sure you subscribe and rate the podcast. We still need those subscriptions and we need those ratings so that we can continue to stay in the top 200 in iTunes. You guys have heard me say that before. Also, if the weather holds up, I'll be speaking for a social media club tomorrow. And so everything podcasting. So if you're in St. Louis and you want to know about podcasting, you listen to this podcast, come out and definitely check it out. If you're not, well, You'll be able to hear me speak other places. I'll be all around the country this year. So just look for me. Uh, I'll make announcements uh, when I'm going to be possibly in a city near you. All right, guys, this is Vernon Ross. I'm going to go ahead and get out of here, and I will see you in the next episode. I'm getting onto the top of my panic state, breathing fast again. I've got my hands.